a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, guys, we are talking scalar light healing with Tom Palladino. Now, uh, located down in the show notes is going to be his website, Scalar Light. Definitely check that out for the 15-day free trial. I have participated in this. It's awesome. So on this episode, we talk about what is scalar light, right? It's this etheric energy that goes around everything produced in stars. So the even the physical reality in which we live is up for debate here in this conversation, which I love, as well as you know what Tesla was doing with this. This is what he was tapping into, and that's what Tom's figured out. Now, he's a pioneer in this with his technique and his technology that he uses. You can just send him a picture of yourself and he's going to heal you on a quantum level, your dog, anything. It's fascinating, guys. A couple of the programs that we talk about as well that he offers that are covered in this in this episode here are natural food programs as well as endorphin and neurotransmitter. He can basically take a picture of dopamine, put it in with your picture and infuse it with scalar light energy and boom, you're super happy. It's, it's fascinating, guys. And this is really probably the precipice of a new science that's not, of course, going to be officially recognized for a little while, but, I mean, you saw what happened in Tesla, but it's super cool, and Tom is one of the nicest guys ever, so definitely check him out, located down in the show notes. While you're down there, give a gander to our resource links. They're located there for everyone to enjoy, as well as while you're down there as well, might as well swing by expandingrealitypodcast.com. That's going to be linked down there also, and become an expansive insider. That's where all the bonus stuff is. It's where all of the cool things are happening, so definitely check that out, guys. All right, so without any further ado, let's get to this incredible conversation with Tom Palladino. Welcome to Expanding Reality, in which we will address a new frontier, scalar energy, the promise of the future. Man, I love that. Uh, so let's just get it going with that. Tom Palladino, yeah. man, well, welcome to the show. Uh, this is amazing. Uh, it's so nice it to is. finally meet you. I've uh, taken part in your work. I'm very fascinated about what you do. Also, we were talking about it earlier here that you were on a friend of mine show, Matrix Assassins, which love those girls. They're doing an incredible job. So it's nice to nice to finally meet you in person-ish, right? Uh, <laughs> so if you don't mind, man, from, from my audience that doesn't know too much about you, do you mind just telling us about yourself? Yeah. I research with an energy known as scalar energy. It's zero point energy. And I think the audience will find this very fascinating. It was really initially discovered by Nikola Tesla. So we're going back a hundred some years to the research of Nikola Tesla. You know, and I, I love your research. Like I said, I've, I'm going to be linking all of the ways to find you, of course, down in the show notes, guys, so make sure that you check him out. Your website, um, Scalar Light, is amazing. I've uh, taken part, like I said, in your 15-day free trial. It was cool. Uh, honestly, I felt different. So why do you think I felt different? It works. <laughs> We're working with the laws of science. We're following the principles of science. And, and uh, as 
Tesla first discovered, and as I have rediscovered, there is an energy spectrum, scalar energy. It's not electricity. And you can improve what we call quantum health with this type of energy. So what about uh, quantum health is so necessary for folks? Like this sounds like something that you need to be told about. And it sounds like a recent scientific discovery that you've made, which I'm a big fan. We've we've talked about quantum physics quite a bit on here. We just had Dr. Haley Young on. And uh, same thing, quantum physicist talks about the blending of spirituality and kind of taking it from the lab to practical application. Yeah. So yeah. what is it about quantum healing that's so necessary for us? Yeah, it, it is quantum healing. And, and it, there is a branch, quantum physics, which is non physical. Many people call that consciousness or the instructions of the universe. Why is that important? Well, everything, including our health, begins with instructions, which is energy or light. And light will dictate our health. And if we can reinstate, if you will, scalar health, scalar light, we can improve what I call quantum health. Now, this is not biological. This is informational. So we're not going to speak about pills or drugs or surgery. This is a new science. And we work in the non-physical realm, which is the realm of information or instructions. You know, so what is scalar light? Uh, it is an energy spectrum that is outside of the electromagnetic spectrum. In other words, it's not electricity and magnetism. I believe it's energy from God. The sun and the stars are powered by scalar energy. We're going to work our way into this new motif, this new paradigm in which we no longer will have to depend upon electricity. Rather, we will depend upon star power to power the universe, to power our homes. That's very interesting. So do you think stars are what we're being told that they are? No. Uh, there are no thermonuclear reactions at the center of any star. That's preposterous. That, that, uh, that energy supply would have failed would have experienced entropy a long time ago. So the stars do not experience any type of thermal nuclear reaction, explosion. It's, it's preposterous. The stars are eternal because scalar energy is eternal. It is scalar energy that gives power to the stars. Scalar energy is at the very center of any star, giving it power, giving it that life force energy. And once we tap into that star power, the world will change. We will now have free energy at our beck and call. Now, do you think that uh, space is not what they're saying it is, uh, or just basically the physics of stars? There's, there's two ways of looking at the universe, and both are correct. An electromagnetic paradigm or a scalar energy paradigm. There's two energies, hence there's two events. And what we see in academia today is just a a focus on electromagnetic energy. Many of those theories are correct. We've not considered the other energy, which offers a second viewpoint of nature. So there are two energies, there's two explanations for reality. I've made a career with scalar energy because I think that the prospect is much greater than that of electromagnetic energy. So in order really to have a fluid and complete understanding of the universe, you need to understand both energies because both energies are responsible for the two paradigms. Damn. So do you think stars could be like a portal to another dimension or anything like they that? Are. They are. They are. Cool. Yeah. Any, anytime you're working in a scalar energy paradigm, it's the portal to infinity. See, scalar energy transcends time and space. So it's the portal to infinity. It's the 
portal to um, a, a spaceless uh, dimension. You transcend time and space with scalar energy, as opposed to electricity, electromagnetic energy, in which you are bound to time and space. You are subject to time and space. Rather, in the scalar energy paradigm, time and space are subject to scalar energy. So scalar energy is the supreme force, the supreme instruction of the universe. Yeah, it's like the ether, the everything, right? Or this dark yes. energy. Yes. Yeah. The dark this is what Tesla purported. This is what Tesla proposed. And, you know, frankly, later in Tesla's career, he was no longer working with electricity. Tesla graduated from AC electricity to scalar energy. And he, he frankly wasn't interested in AC induction motors anymore. He was only interested in scalar energy. And this is why to this day, we don't understand the work of Nikola Tesla. He was working with the other paradigm, scalar energy. He called it radiant energy. Yeah, because when you apply it to the model of like the scientific method or something like that, it gets very, very challenging. And this is where it gets dismissed as woo-woo yes. or fantasy or something yes. like that. Yeah. Thank you, because it doesn't follow the laws of electromagnetic theory. It's not electricity or magnetism. So you need two explanations for reality because there's two dimensions. It's that simple. I love this. This is exactly, it's these missing pieces from our reality, no. from the story that really by by shining scalar light on them, you can really learn a lot about who we really are, which is that that's what I kind of you know feel like has been going on. It's a hijacking of the natural order of things to kind of skew a narrative to, you know, uh, yeah. And if you want to take it as like an energy harvesting kind of thing, what I like ah. about you is you, you know, empower people to view this as a way to where it's accessible to them, you know, because a lot of yes. things like religion will tell you it's way up there. It's something, you know, this is where we get that vertical versus horizontal morality from and so it's way out there it's something that you need to be told you need to be a part of but it's not accessible to you here you can have it later on in another life if you do all the things right but what i like about your work man is it's it's actionable it's it's something here now and it, yes. it gives you a new perspective on what's possible which again this is what we love here so um tell me you know how does one harness scalar energy with instrumentation scientifically or better yet the mind the heart are great examples of scalar energy capacitors. The, the brain, the mind, the heart, feelings are, are center points of scalar energy. They are scalar energy vessels. Now, what's my point? You know, there is a God and he created scalar energy and he's endowed everybody with this gift of scalar energy. We just don't recognize it. We don't realize that the world is filled awash with a sea of scalar energy. And furthermore, we control scalar energy with our thoughts and our emotions. And, and I want to make this very clear. You don't need a scientific instrument to do this. Everybody does it every day by meditation, by, by correct thinking, positive thinking, prayer, by creativity, by deduction, by feelings, by love, by kindness, all of this is an expression of this all-encompassing energy of love. Scalar energy is the love of the universe. It's God's energy. It's all good. It's harmonious. And once we tap into this new way of thinking, it should change the world. Is this new or is this something that you've rediscovered from a culture lost probably that had this all figured out and that it was just the standard way of operating? Uh, the, the, the ancients figured this out. 
many, many ancient civilizations looked at the sun as the source of life. They're correct. It's scalar energy inside the sun that's the source of life. You know, what is the animating force, once again, of the sun and the stars? Scalar energy. Why, why is it that the sun and the stars never burn out or lose their heat, their luminescence? It's scalar energy. I can guarantee you if electromagnetic energy uh, powered the sun and the stars, we would not have a universe. The universe would have burned out a long time ago. What's my point? The only way to explain the universe, a self-perpetuating universe, is with a self-perpetuating light. Electricity is not self-perpetuating. It dies off to experience the weakness, entropy. So scalar energy is the life force of the universe that explains all activity in the universe. And once we grasp that fact, the world will be the better. Mm. You know, and I'm grateful that you brought up ancient cultures when it comes to their understanding of this, because we we talk about ideas like Tataria and like free energy, and we're not necessarily talking about free electricity. We're just talking about perhaps harnessing this scalar energy, which is all around us. And maybe electricity itself is the apprehension, right? It's yeah. the stair step that took Nikola Tesla into his greater understandings. And and I love the way that you um, put his understanding, how he's wrapping his mind around this, because even he, you know, openly admitted like, look, I don't have idea. I get these ideas. I'm a receiver for yeah. Information. Yes. Yeah, which was fascinating. You know, and again, yes. in his tower, how it was built to mimic the pyramids and the way that the pyramid with the aquifer yes. underneath, the materials used. Yes. And so this, again, in ancient cultures, and, and another thing tying it to the Egyptians as well would be their their aff- affiliation with sun gazing. And, you know, this is something yes. my wife and I do the first, you know, 10 minutes or so when the sun's either coming up or going down. You guys be very careful if you want to do this. So is sun gazing kind of another way of tapping into that yes. scalar energy? Yes, exactly. And I've I've seen there are even some holy sites around the world. There's one called Medjugorje, in which you can stare at the sun during the midday sun, and uh, you you will not in any way harm your eyes because in that capacity, scalar energy is being manifested by the sun. You're no longer staring at the sun with an electromagnetic spectrum. You're staring at the sun with a scalar energy spectrum. And there's many holy sites around the world that you can stare at the sun because it's it's showing itself in its scalar energy component that does not hurt the retina. So be be mindful of that. Don't stare at the sun because most of the time you're staring at the sun when it shows the electromagnetic spectrum. So it can present itself differently. Yes, exactly. Because there's two realities. Right. Now, usually when we stare at the sun, it's the sun is showing manifesting an electromagnetic energy and it, it hurts the eye. But there are some occasions when the sun is just completely a scalar energy uh, representation. Scalar energy is being manifested and it never hurts the naked eye to stare at the sun. You know, when we talk about two realities, is this dependent on the observer or is this kind of something outside that that has an influence perhaps on a cyclical basis? It's it's really dependent upon the the environment. For instance, if we were to travel to the center of any star in the universe, it's 100% scalar energy. The center of a star transcends time and space. You could live inside a star. It's it's a benign atmosphere. It's not it's not hold it's not hot or cold, and you would be experiencing immortality because time does not advance in a perfect scalar energy environment. And frankly, I believe this is why heaven is located inside our sun. Hmm. So scalar energy is not the electromagnetic spectrum. 
it's a different rule book. There's different principles of scalar energy as opposed to electricity. So interesting. And so it it's also, you know, sounds like it's either time or situationally or environmentally dependent. And so yes. with these being holy sites, then, you know, yes. now I'm I'm thinking of ley lines. I'm thinking of the holy sites are yes. built in very deliberate places, you know, and perhaps it is due to the access of this scalar energy. Brilliant. You see, mm. you are an expert. Those ley lines <laughs> are manifesting upwelling scalar energy. Why do you have those ley lines? Well, yeah. it's it's really a if you will, a manifestation of scalar energy emanating from the Earth's core or somewhere in the subterranean region. When you have an earthquake, an earthquake is a push, is an upwelling of scalar energy. Scalar energy pushes the Earth. It pushes the, the plates, and that's why the plates start to move. That's how you have plate tectonics. So what is the underlying cause of an earthquake? Scalar energy. What's the underlying cause of any plate tectonic or any fissure or any fault line, scalar energy. There has to be an animating force. Scalar energy is the animating force of all earthquakes, of all fault lines. This is so interesting because it is kind of a tapestry that animates this entire place. And so it, yeah. it sounds like, like what we've been led to believe, or you know, perhaps the science understanding at the time, I, I tend to take a pretty optimistic view on this, even though it's, it can be a little like contrived. I, I it it seems like that this is an abundant energy that's been yes. either hijacked in the explanation yes. of deliberately or just completely misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I'm going to go back in a rather prudent comment and prudent analogy on your part. Tesla had a tower, a scalar energy tower in Long Island, New York. He called it Wardenclyffe. And that tower was, if you will, a metaphor or built accordingly to the Great Pyramid of Giza. Now, if you look at the Pyramid of Giza, there was an aquifer, at least five, four or 5,000 years ago, there was an aquifer. And that helped to, to grab, if you will, any type of water accumulation as a reservoir of scalar energy. So those pyramids in Egypt could have been used under that principle. Tessa, I don't think it was an accident that he built his tower on Long Island Sound, close to the water so that he had plenty of water, Long Island Sound, to, if you will, accumulate scalar energy underground. Wardenclyffe was a free energy device. That tower in Long Island, New York, could have powered the world. It was a wireless transmission of scalar energy. And Tesla was successful in so doing. But the uh, the international bankers stopped yeah, yeah, they have a way of doing that. Uh, you know, so with with Tesla's invention at Wardenclyffe and and um, the pyramids, you know, they're kind of microcosms of that uh, that scale of shoal. Do you have you seen that? You know, with the Hebrews believe that the Earth is based on of like with the firmament above, and then it's got a ground mass, and then shoal okay. underneath, which is all water and aquifer. Yeah, kind of like it powers the entire place. Exactly. But it would be cool to set up many places like that to really harness this thing. And again, this is kind of, you know, back to the Tatarian ancient history or um, hijacked history type of a deal with these cathedrals, with these, um, you know, different patterns in the windows, but they weren't glass at first. Glass was installed later, again, as perhaps a, a misdirection of their actual yes. use and power. Same with kind of the, the conical towers and everything like this. And it, they're more than just ornate. So yes. where where do you think we lost all of that? Um. <clears throat> It's hard to say. I really think it, it, it really takes on a spiritual dimension. This is so apparent to me. 
And unless you really have a prayer life or, or a belief in God, you might just discount this. You know, what, what was the thinking of building cathedrals on ley lines or on holy spots? What's the point of all of these pyramids around the world? What's the point of every obelisk? You know, why an obelisk? Well, it, it's a passive capacitor of scalar energy. And, you know, to this day, I'm mystified. I'm trying to promote this concept of scalar energy. It's very real. Tesla proved it. I proved it. But it's so slow to catch on. And I'll be the first to say that this is suppressed to this day. Big time, dude. And so we're sending you extra good vibes uh, that you're not going to end up like Tesla or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, even though I could see you getting along with some pigeons very, very well. I'm sure you guys <laughs> you get along great. Let's explain that to the audience. Nikola Tesla had an affinity for pigeons. You know, Tesla, he had his quirks, and one of them was he he felt an affinity for pigeons. You know, he's such a, a passive man, such a, a, a wonderful soul. And the birds, the pigeons, knew that he was a wonderful humanitarian. And he, he had many pigeons who would visit him. So a, a testimony to the fact of his good nature. Agreed. And thank you for uh, clarifying that. Usually I like to drop these little Easter eggs in and just move on real quick to see if anybody <laughs> catches them. But I'm, I'm okay. grateful that you did. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you you've know, done your homework, I see. Good for you. Oh, a little, I'm just so interested in all kinds of things. So no, yeah. this is a, the perfect. Um, you know, and another ironic thing is, is, you know, that whole PSYOP or that idea that the pigeons are actually, you know, government drones that are electric, yeah. right? They charge on electric wires and everything. And then Tesla's so, you know, such a big fan of it. So I think that that's kind of interesting as well, because the pigeon is one bird that they're very dead set you know and i can ask you this have you ever seen a baby pigeon that's because they're all government drones right it's just a fun thing to think about oh. no we've we've oh. talked about the sun and you know other stars whatever they are uh, as being sort of portals or light sources for the scalar energy now do you think from one star to another there's a differentness in scalar energy or do you think it's the same type of energy that perhaps I, just it, paints the landscape a little bit different I, I think all energy initiates a scalar energy, and all stars are, stars are powered by that scalar energy. You know, it's a double helix, and if you can imagine a, a double helix that unbinds, that decoils, so to speak, and one, one arm becomes electricity and the other becomes magnetism. So what am I getting at? All stars have that singular uh, uh, um, energy, that singular light, scalar energy, and when scalar energy leaves the center of a star, it starts to degrade into electromagnetic energy. This is why you have the corona around the sun. That's when the degradation from scalar to electricity starts. That's why you have this massive solar flare around the edge of the sun. You never see a solar flare inside the sun because it's a benign uh, environment. What about all the pictures that we see? And I mean, NASA, I take with a grain of salt. It means uh, to deceive in Hebrew. What about all the pictures that we see of, you know, the sun and people out there with their telescopes? And there's kind of, you know, fusion going on that you can sort of make out or they can write off as fusion. Like what's going on with that observation? You know, uh, there is a, a transfer from scalar into electromagnetic energy. There's an incredible release of, of light and heat. Once scalar leaves the center of the sun and starts to convert convert into electricity and magnetism. That's established. But at the very center point of a, a star, it's benign. It's 100% scalar energy. And you will not find any electricity or magnetism at the center of a star. So those are the two explanations that we have now. The stars are always powered by scalar energy, and scalar energy is within their core. 
when scalar energy starts to leave the center of a star, it starts to degrade into electricity and magnetism. And that's where you have the, the solar flares. That's where you have this uh, physical manifestation. It's interesting. It's like another state of water or something. It's just another, it, yeah. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. You know, by, by golly, if, if you've ever had a fireplace, sooner or later the wood is consumed, the energy source burns out. Well, if we can compare all of the stars in the universe to fireplaces, why doesn't the wood consume? Why does this fireplace or this matchstick, why does this source of light not burn out? According to electromagnetic theory, light will always decay, experience entropy, because it's not electricity that powers the star. It is scalar energy. You know, this this is reminding me, and when you said the double helix, this is reminding me of like Planck's equations where there was like just, there were deliberately things taken out and just kind of they yes. put something in there to fill it in, which didn't make any sense at all. But we're going to replace with consciousness, right? It makes a lot more sense for scalar life. Exactly. And so when you said exactly. double, when you said double helix, I was thinking, you know, the electromagnetic on one side the, or the magnetic and electro on the other, and they're being fused together with the scalar or powered or animated rather um, by that yes. scalar. It's kind of a mis, maybe a misidentification even where they're like, I don't know what it is. Oh, it's electromagnetism. And then we just go with that or run with it because right. you can kind of see that phase of this process in right. our everyday reality. Okay. It's easier to fit into right. the perfect scientific method, right? Yeah, so here, here's a great example. Many times astrophysicists will look at a quasar or a star and they'll say the, the behavior in the very center of a star does not exhibit electromagnetic behavior. Well, that's right, because it's scalar behavior. It's not electromagnetic. So if, if the astrophysicists finally understand that there's two explanations, at the very center of any star or quasar is scalar energy, and that's not electricity, you cannot use electromagnetic energy to explain a quasar. It's not electricity. It's not magnetism. Once the world realizes that, then it's so simple. It's, we, it's just been overlooked. Tesla did not overlook this. Many times he said that he wanted to um, enchain the sun. He said, I, wanted, I want to be able to control the energy of the sun. Why? Because he knew that scalar energy, radiant energy was from the sun. Mm. So that, that's what he was doing. Later in his life, that's what he was doing. You know, and this may and, explain. And he was he was so successful that to this day we really don't get what he was up to. He was working with this energy of the sun. Yeah, in a language that we're not even ready to read yet. No. You know, even if you're reading the same book, it's not written in the same language. There's a bunch of invisible no. ink that you can't even see. The Tesla was like, yes. yeah, it's right there. Yeah, you're right. We need a new language for this new science. Well, that's you know, what many you're. Times that's what yes. you're doing. And it's wonderful. Exactly. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, they, they try and understand the terms that I use with electromagnetic energy. And I tell them, look, there's no wattage. There's no voltage. There's no electricity. Don't use those terms. It doesn't apply. The apple is not the orange. The orange is not the apple. Yeah, it's a totally different deal. And so to compare them or look for flaws in the idea based on your preconceived notions is why you're falling short of the articulation that you're providing here, which I think exactly. you, you've done a wonderful job of delineating those two. It's very important. And so I'm grateful that we it started is. there. Thank you. What about uh, the moon? So we've talked about the sun. Uh, is the moon what they say is a rock floating up there? Um, and, and one thing I just want to mention for the audience mm -hmm. is that uh, when you take temperature readings in full moonlight in the shade, it's actually warmer than it is yes. in the moonlight. So what's yes. going on with that? You know, that that really is a scalar energy phenomenon in which the, the, the 
the moon is, if you will, rebounding the, the sunlight, and that sunlight, that scalar energy behaves differently than that of electromagnetic behavior. Um, the moon is inert. I, I believe that the the moon and the and uh, the planets are inert. That's not the point of power. They, they receive the receiver of the power. They're not the transmitters of power. Um, there was a scientist, my predecessor, Galen Hieronymus, who was using scalar energy instruments. He was monitoring the Apollo 11 astronauts when they were on the moon. And he observed some uh, anomalies, especially um, uh, there was a, a radiation belt of scalar energy just above the surface of the moon that he saw that there was a significant drop in the vitality of the astronauts when they entered into this sphere, this, if you will, this, this uh, local environment just on the surface of the moon. Proving what? That, well, it's, I don't think there's electricity up there. I think that was the rebound, the, the, the sun energy that was now manifesting on the surface of the moon and causing these astronauts to experience some type of anomaly right as they touch down on the center surface of the moon. Long story short, scalar energy remains the supreme force in the universe. It's found everywhere. It's the cause of moonlight. Obviously, we're getting sunlight, which is starlight, scalar light, and, and we, we experience that. And scalar energy is not synonymous to electricity. So the way we heat this world with electromagnetic energy is not the way the sun heats the world with scalar energy. There's two explanations. It's so interesting. You know, well, that actually asked, uh, answered another question. I was going to ask, why do you think they faked the moon landing? But we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so anyway, uh, what put this uh, new technology on your radar to begin with? Yeah, uh, God got me into this. I understood Tesla as a youngster. And that's, that's the gift of mysticism. And I understand it Tesla conceptually. I knew as a kid that when Tesla was, was working with these instruments, it wasn't electricity. I knew he was tapping into this, this sun energy. And, you know, it was apparent to me. Others might have difficulty with that. I did not. I call that mysticism. And then I started to say to myself as a youngster, my goodness, this is free energy. This solves our energy crisis. This is what Tesla was trying to do. If you look at his two scalar energy towers in Colorado Springs, which he built in 1899, and then the subsequent tower in Long Island, Wardenclyffe, look at those towers. There, there's no wires. There's no substation. There's no power plant nearby. What's he doing? Why, do, why would you build a power plant out in the middle of nowhere? It's from the stars. That's where he's getting the power. It's so obvious. Have you seen the people now? It's a new trend. Uh, my wife and I live on acreage and we're really into plants and gardening and stuff like that. Have you seen the new trend? Well, it's, not, it's actually a rediscovered trend of sticking a post in the ground of wooden stake and then wrapping copper around it. And it yeah. basically mimics the Tesla tower technology. And of course, you're yes. watering your garden. It's plants. It's natural. It's all of those. And it really enhances not only the plant yes, growth and output production, but also it controls pests. People have done controls in their garden with mini sticks with... Uh, they're all over the internet right now of people doing this, which I love this trend. I know you've probably heard about it and it's yeah. exciting. And they'll take one bed where they use one of these and everything planted exactly the same. And so they have a control and man, the difference is mind boggling, yes, you know? Yes. So 
And again, this was an old technology that farmers had been using that someone found in an old, like their grandpa's farmer's almanac or something where they're just like, oh, I'm going to try that. And then turned out to be mind blowing. So it's these types of like discoveries that I find fascinating, man. Yes. And why aren't we using this? If that's the old wives tale, so to speak, why aren't we using that? Well, because there's no money in that. Let's just, let's just be blunt. You know, those who sell fertilizers, those companies that sell fertilizers want to make money selling fertilizers. If you can fertilize your garden through an inexpensive apparatus as such, because the copper will actually, the copper spile will create elements. That's, that's what's going on here. It's scalar energy. And you have a creation of nutrients, of micronutrients for the soil, so to speak, minerals. Well, that's, that's pennies on the dollar as compared to expensive fertilizer. Yeah. And it's so necessary for your garden. I mean, the more natural you can go, which this is what I love about this. You could see kind of the sequence of events about how this took place, right? 2020 happened, whatever things did, whatever they did. And then now people are getting more self-reliant. They're, you know, uh, really kind of looking around and self-actualizing and evaluating the way that they interface with their reality and especially the way that they get permission to survive. Right. And so when you, when you start really going down these rabbit trails, of course, it's not good for they, right. The, the things that are here to, you know, keep the power going or the, to have you under their control. And so it, it doesn't behoove them. It's just like back to the war of wattages with uh, Edison and Tesla, where Edison is clearly quoted by saying, if I can't meter it, I don't want it. And that's one of the yes. biggest issues with scalar technology or dropping a copper rod in your garden is because it doesn't benefit the people who don't want you to know that it's actually a benefit for you. And it's this apprehension of the ideas. It's been so detrimental, man, to, to all of us. But I love now that it seems like, you know, we're, we're more self-actualizing and the pendulum is swinging the other way. I agree. The, the pandemic has served as a wake up call for many people. And many people realize I'm not going to be specific, but many of those organizations that should have been protecting us did not. Mm -hmm. Many of those organizations were wrong and gave us wrong information. And a lot of people are irate about that, and they should be. You know, if we put you in a position of power and authority, you know, help us. Well, some organizations did not help the people. There's been some gigantic mistakes during the past two years. Yeah. And I love because it, it, you know, this kind of thing has been on your and mine's BS meter for a really long time. But how nice is it for you to look around and just go, yeah, we're here for you. You know, it's welcome to it, guys. Thank God. I've been at this now for 50 years. Wow. You know, 50 years ago, I was, I was in libraries reading Tesla's books and then saying to myself, well, I understand he was so far advanced, nobody quite understood it. Now, after 40, 50 years, people get it. Do you People get it? I, I think it's so fascinating how um, attracted you are to Tesla, pun intended. Um, and so, you know, it seems like this attraction to this idea. Are what are your thoughts on you being perhaps the reincarnated, or at least a little version of Tesla yeah. coming back in I, this life? Yeah, I don't believe in reincarnation, but I know he's helping me. Okay. I I really consider the man a a, a a luminary in history, and I know he was blessed by God. You touched upon this aspect. Tessa would would uh, be, be unable to sleep at night, and God would send him flashes of light. And Tessa would see in his mind, by way of this, if you will, intellectual vision, an invention. So how did Tessa understand all this? 
he had such a prolific career. God gave him flashes of light, illumination, call it mysticism. And Tesla saw inventions. So obviously Tesla was doing God's will. God would not have given him such illumination, so, so many mystical visions. What's the point? He enjoyed God's favor. Why hasn't anybody caught up to Tesla? Nobody impressed God as the way Tesla did. Tesla had a pure heart. And, and God is not going to give this, this ultimate wisdom to a corrupt scientific group or a corrupt government. Yeah, now, they, they can the steal point? it. Yeah. Yes, you have to be morally correct. God's not going to give the, give his divine light to a corrupt government, to a corrupt business, to a corrupt university. And there's many corrupt governments, businesses in, in the universities today. Do you, So I know God's not going to gift that intentionally, but do you think that God's gift of that information to someone else, that wisdom and knowledge can be stolen from those that are not as virtuous and used in their own way? Yeah, yeah and this is why Tesla would never give the plans to his scalar energy instruments, hmm. because he, he knew he could not trust this, this ultimate power. Now, Tesla really believed that he had tapped in what he called the real work of nature, and I believe he's right. In other words, you control nature with scalar energy, and Tesla did not want to release those plants. Yeah, uh, this is maybe where we get MK Ultra and stuff like that from. From those yeah. seven, I think the, there were at least seven missing trunks out of the total that he yeah. had. You know, only two were uh, revealed, but I'll, that information I'll, is probably out there. I'll titillate the audience. It's believed you've heard of the Philadelphia experiment. It's believed that Tessa had his hand in that or his principles were used in that, in which a ship, a, a, a Navy ship, actually disappeared under the influence of scalar energy and was teleported at a distance. Now, the only way you could do that is with scalar energy, not with electromagnetic energy. And if Tesla had his hand in that, then that was a successful experiment in teleportation. And um, if you will, all of that is what I call a game changer. If you can teleport a ship from one point to another, you have a you have an, uh, an army, you have a navy that cannot be defeated. Uh, if I had two superpowers, teleportation would be one of them. So um, mm -hmm. let me ask you this, how close are you with your scalar light to letting me teleport? Uh, I'm not. I have to wait upon God's wisdom. If God gives me that wisdom, so be it. Uh, I did receive a message years ago that God would give me the wisdom for anti-gravity, cool. which which is not per se teleportation, but nonetheless, it's 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 within the realm of scalar energy transportation. Still useful. So in, in the future, I think God will give me the wisdom to create an anti-gravity flying machine. And in principle, it's rather simple. You simply negate a a local scalar energy force field and you can hover you can levitate yeah it's really figuring out what gravity is because it's still just yes. a theory right gravity is caused by scalar energy jesus and mary have made that very clear and i have to figure out now how to negate that local scalar energy force field and, and by virtue of that fact automatically you start to levitate Man, it'd be cool if it was like the farmer thing, like whether just a rod and, and a piece of copper, you just have to swirl it in a certain way and boom, you can just fly off, you know, because we've yeah. seen these videos of humanoids just flying through the sky and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe it's something like yeah. that. It, it, it's going to be rather simple and straightforward because once you work with the, the principles of nature, nature is always simple. Creation is always simple. Creation evolves in complexity. But in order to control nature, 
it's usually a very simple, straightforward instrument that mimics nature. My scalar energy instruments are miniature stars that mimic, that imitate nature. Which makes sense. You'd want it at a level to be incredibly pure and then for it to go nuts and to bifurcate after that. And, you know, this yes. could be the idea of where what we are, what nature is, what reality is. It's just enough ideas have been around to just separate the thoughts so far away from its purest source, which is this yes. scalar light. But at that level, you would want it to be that base. And, and then therefore, it would be infused in everything. Kind of like they say, yes. we're all stardust. Really, we're all scalar light. From Stardust. Yeah, we right? are. We, yeah. we, we're not dust. We all are scalar light. Exactly. So and if you look, if you look at the human genome, it's a double helix, which is the same proportion and ratio as a scalar wave. Scalar waves have been uh, photographed. They're double helix. Mm. And that double helix is the cause of our DNA double helix. So scalar energy gives us life and maintains life. That's how important scalar energy is. It, it creates DNA. This is fascinating, dude. Absolutely fascinating. I love talking to you about this. Uh, okay, so then let's talk about your work. Let's talk about, so how does how does this function? What does someone do whenever they approach you about scalar light? So I always look for results. So thus far, what have I proved in my laboratory? I can take a photograph of a person and work with a scalar energy instrument and access their dimension. People will email me a photograph. I actually place my photograph inside an instrument and my instrument can find my resonance or find my signature by way of a photograph. Meaning what? My photograph is the bilocated version. of me. This is the quantum field now. In an electromagnetic spectrum, there's only one top. In a scalar energy spectrum, there could be millions of tops. If I had a million instruments with a million photographs, I could be in a million places at once. So when I place my photograph inside my instrument, I bilocate. And I'm working with my energy field, not with my biological field. And I can send energy to my energy field through a photograph. And in so doing, I've been able to identify viruses and destroy them. I've been able to balance brain waves. I'm able to create nutrients all in this quantum realm, which is my my quantum double, my bilocated version. It's a fantastic headshot of you, if I may say so, uh, sir. So uh, what, ab what about, uh, so this is really interesting because then there are cultures that believe like if you get your picture taken, it's stealing your soul. But really maybe what they're talking about is an imprint of your scalar light, which would then be splitting your energy in some way. Now, does this split it to where That's now correct. it's a separate part of you? So let's say that if you take a bunch of pictures of yourself, your energy is just spread out all over the place, or is it just kind of a doubling or a miniature like extension of yourself? Yeah, there's no diminution. So it's not a splitting. I always remain Tom. In other words, if, if there were 10 instruments and those 10 instruments had my 10 photographs, I would be by, I, I shouldn't say bilocate, I would be multi-locating in 10 different dimensions. Meaning what? I can access myself by way of a scalar energy instrument, and those 10 instruments can be treating me simultaneously. In other words, I am in 10 different locations at one time, giving rise to the theory that scalar energy is everywhere. And this is a fractal. This is a paradigm in which the, the part is the whole, the whole is the part. So uh, if, if there was a scalar energy instrument on a distant star, 
and I placed my photograph in that instrument, I would be on planet Earth, but I would also be in the star at a distance, and we would be communicating instantaneously. I could bilocate to a distant star. And this is like the ultimate time travel, because if you think it about is. it, like your picture a hundred years from now is still going to like, you're still there, you know, you're still kind yes. of in it, your essence at least. So what yes. about paintings of people? No, it has to be an actual uh, source of light. It has to be, it, what is light? It's fundamental. Uh, uh, a artist rendition is not fundamental. Light, light is the key. Light never lies. So this photograph myself is a source of light. Now, what's the point? With a scalar energy instrument, I always transcend time and space. When people send me photographs, I frequently receive photographs from, from Africa and Asia, and I live in the United States. When I place their photograph inside my instrument, I immediately connect with that person in Africa. I've never been to Africa, but the connection is instantaneous because the photograph, in the scalar energy paradigm, transcends time and space. So. The person from Africa is bilocated. The person physically is still in Africa, but their bilocated version is in my instrument in the United States. We transcend time and space, and the treatment is always instantaneous. You know, it, what would be so cool, and I'm, I'm sure there's a consent element to this, but if you took just like a bunch of people, we're not huge fans of ideologically that are kind of doing a lot of harm here in this place and just ran their photo through it. And right. it, like one day they wake up with a conscience kind of a thing. And then the whole world just changes because of this. It, do yes. you not do that because of a consent element? They have to consent. Yeah, I, I need their consent. But let me say this. The people are catching on. Today in my laboratory, I work with 500,000 photographs. I've worked with half a million people because this is catching on. People send me collages. I'm oh. working with HIV clinics in, in, in India, in which I'm working with 1,000, 2,000 people a day from a clinic. I have agents around the world that send us collages, group photographs, and, and it adds up. Today, I work with over half a million photographs. So we're on our way to this, call it collective consciousness, call it this unity of prayer, this unity of, of energy. That's probably the most promising prospect of my work, to correct the brain, the thinking, to correct the shock words, and we will think differently. We will correct ourselves. Most likely, the chakra balancing is the most important aspect of my work. Interesting. Okay, so uh, is there colors that are associated with the chakras that you specifically focus on? I don't work with colors per se, because when you're working in this, this universe of scalar energy, I think the... the Color, colors and the hues and, and the variations are infinite because I believe color is just another expression of scalar energy. Mm. So when I place a photograph inside my instrument, a person enjoys all of the colors of the universe, which are infinite, all of the instructions. I, I can't stress that enough. If my cell phone is a, is a stream of electrons, it's electromagnetic, and it can handle, it can cut accommodate a few instructions at a time. Imagine if this cell phone was working with scalar energy that could assimilate infinite instructions instantaneously. That's what a scalar energy paradigm is. You see now how limiting a cell phone or any type of electromagnetic instrument is. Our computers are slow compared to a scalar energy computer. A scalar energy computer knows everything 
It has all of the information in the universe, all of the knowledge of the universe, and it acts instantaneously. It's as fast as could be. Yeah, and this can be expressed here with um, just th concepts like the hundredth monkey effect, you know, where yes. this monkey does. And then so, you know, maybe back in the day, you know, these or ancient cultures really had this on lockdown. And so they didn't need a technology because they were already technology enough. Right. And so there seems to be some sort of fall or some degradation. And perhaps we were convinced into that. Out of, there's many ways we could take that. But what's really interesting now is it seems like they've done the Indiana Jones with the sand and the idol thing to where they've kind of said, OK, you've got this golden, beautiful idol and it works perfectly. But. If you guys just write a letter or send a carrier pigeon or have a cell phone, like you can connect instantly because they made you forget over time that you can do this and then offer to substitute in the form of something very unauthentic in technology, which ironically, right. you have a technology that actually brings this full circle, which is cool because right. the scaler has to be at the base of everything, even technology at some level. Yes, yes so you're right. How, how does it, is it possible to heal ourselves without a device? Yes, the mind and the heart are great vessels of healing. The human mind and the human heart are scalar energy vessels. This is how God has left us with this innate knowledge. How do we think? How is it that some people are so brilliant that, that or they have creativity? Where does creativity come from? How, why did Mozart compose at the age of five? It was downloaded. How was Tessa given intellectual visions? It was downloaded. So Tessa was able to see an invention, that's a scalar energy of flatus. Mozart was able to see a composition that was a scalar energy of flatus. What's my point? Once we master scalar energy, we will finally recognize our genius potential. Everybody can be a Mozart. Do we want that? Yes. Okay. I'm yes. just curious because then it provided would it the, provided the world is humble. Okay, and that's if you, a great. If you, if you let yourself become drunk with power and drunk with knowledge and don't have those those guideposts, it, it will be the worst thing. We'll become monsters. You have to control this this power. But God is, I'll be blunt, God has given me tremendous power with these instruments. There's some things I know about scalar energy I will not release to the general public right now. The public is not ready for this. If I told, if I made the statement, if if a million people one month who have HIV were to send me their photograph, after I would work with those people for one month, and those people had a PCR test, they would find that they no longer have any presence of HIV. Do you think the world is ready for that statement? Maybe I, not. Do I think is it true? Yes, I'm going on record. Everybody I've ever worked with who had HIV, if I could detect it on their photograph, after a month or two, I no longer can detect HIV on their photograph. Do you think the world is ready for that statement? Slowly, the world is, is warming up to that. Yeah, I think the world is. I think that the people in power that don't want them to know that this is a real thing aren't. And so they're really damaging kind of even folks as minuscule uh, – like opportunity to look at this as something that's viable because it's so stigmatized, something off yes. of the official narrative. And this is kind of this strong yes. bifurcation. But again, we're returning to uh, the zero point, which I'm a big fan of. So um, how does your device work? By virtue of the fact that I create a scalar energy environment, I'm no longer subject to electricity and magnetism. That's the key. My instrument works under the influence of scalar energy. I've created a miniature star. I no longer am, uh, am subject to electricity and magnetism. 
a scalar energy instrument allows me to control a different energy spectrum. And when you're in that different energy spectrum, it's a different physics, and you can achieve incredible results that you cannot achieve with electricity. One of the results is, that, and I've proven this, I can detect the HIV virus on a virus and I can send energy into the quantum field and break apart the HIV virus. A scalar energy instrument will negate the molecular bonds of HIV and break apart that virus. You can do that easily, readily with scalar energy. I don't think you can achieve that readily with electricity. Agreed. Uh, how do doctors, nutritionists, and physical fitness experts, air quotes, feel about your program or your work? Most people are very uh, gracious and most people are, are inquisitive. It's a new science. I don't fault them. They don't understand it. I'm the only one in the world who's accomplished this thus far. I don't have any peers, so I, I have to rely upon them. In other words, there is no other group that can prove or disprove my work. I'm the only one in the world with this type of instrumentation. But people, they look at the website, they see we have thousands of testimonies. And then that, that piques their curiosity because, you know, 4,000 people cannot be wrong. I don't know. A lot of people vote in this country. I don't know. A lot of people can be wrong. Uh, yeah. What about, um, can't, so let's talk about some, some woo stuff. So I, I just had a few questions here that I wanted to ask you about this. So can it find missing people? Like if some parent comes to you with a picture yeah. of their child, can you find their kid? You know, my predecessor, Dr. Ha yes, to answer your question, my predecessor, Dr. Hieronymus, was working years ago with the United States Army. And the Army would give him a, uh, an aerial photograph. And he could, with a stylus, he actually had a stylus pen that he could pinpoint where the soldiers were, where the tanks, where the, the weaponry was located on that map. And that was the actual placement of the soldier or the tank on that aerial map. What's the point? Yes, in the future, we could use this as a detection device. You know, it's it's it kind of now, you know, makes you think that how remote viewing was possible is perhaps they're just utilizing a different form or they tapping are. into this scalar, scalar light yeah. deal. When you when you describe that this psychic phenomenon, it's really scalar energy phenomenon. You cannot describe te telepathy by way of electricity. It's not electricity. Telepathy right. is made possible. The driver, the, the fundament of Telepathy is scalar energy. The fundament of prophecy is scalar energy. Those who have deja vu are those who can see into the future. Well, if scalar energy is the timeline, then you could access that timeline through prophecy, which is scalar energy. What about um, ghosts? Can this help you cross ghosts over? Why can a ghost pass through a wall, a physical structure? A ghost is a non-physical, an angel is a non-physical scalar energy being, and an angel can pass through a wall. And yes, that, that is the property of scalar energy. It can pass through any object. Nothing can impede it. Yeah, if you if like if a ghost is haunting a particular area or spirit or something like that, and they say, "Look, you know, my picture's buried under you know this back tree or something like that. I've been dead for two hundred years. Take my picture to Tom. You have my permission and my consent, and get me healed so that I can cross over." Is this something that's even possible? You know, I I can't I can't influence whether a person has died or not. Once they're, they've died, they're in God's hand. But you still can access the spirit world through this. I firmly believe my instrument is the portal to spirituality.
Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like you you've it got is. some sort of looking glass, you know, like that project looking it glass is. that they talk about. Where there's it you, is. Yeah, it's and, fascinating. And, you know, well, some people call that a wormhole. Some people call that a, a break in time reality. It's really simple. You either have watch, you either have an electromagnetic environment or a scalar energy environment. Right? Your your chances are 50-50. If you're in a scalar energy environment, it's a different milieu. It's a different textbook. If you're if you're bound to electricity and ma- magnetism, then you're in the same same environment. Nothing's going to change. The key is to get out of the electromagnetic spectrum and to immerse yourself in a different dimension, scalar energy. It's that simple. Have you um, willingly or knowingly ever used your scalar light treatment on non-human intelligences at all? Like aliens uh, or anything? No, no. I, 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 Frank, I, I do believe there are alien beings. I think they're demons because anytime I look at the behavior of aliens, it's always unfriendly. It's always inimical to us. So, so yeah, sometimes so my, it's a, it's a super low percentage. So there's a lot of people that get some a phenomenal. It's kind of like uh, near death experiences. The people that come back, it's a super small percentage that have a negative, you know, uh, appearance of it. Okay. Is it mostly demonic? I think it's demonic. I think many people are describing as UFOs. Here's here's my point. Well, if we've known about them for hundreds of years, why don't they help us? Why do they always tease us? Tell me about it. I know. know, If if you're really noble, you want to help somebody. Tesla was noble and he helped people. He didn't tease people. He he gave away his inventions. Why don't the UFOs give us anti-gravity? Because they don't want us to have anti-gravity. Yeah, there's so many. Judging by their actions, you know, uh, the, the fruit of good tree, a good fruit tree produces good fruit. It's that simple. I I agree with you. Now I don't trust these damn things either. Um, I think that you know even if they can import um, a good memory, and that's why we have such a small percentage of people that come back with maybe an authentic experience, and that they could just mask the experience for the ninety five percent of people that say it's a completely wonderful and you know benevolent one. Then perhaps that's what it is, right? So then at its core, it's it's a screen memory. It's apprehension of your consciousness and your memory of what happened. So you reinterpret it in a way that's you know super awesome and great. But maybe it's not, man. And I've I've been on that vein for a long time the reports say it's very small but i don't i don't necessarily trust people's um interpretation of the memory of the experience because they can manipulate that and so if that's the case right yeah good point so i want to ask you about a few of your programs that you have on here uh again guys all the ways to find him located down in the show notes go check the website out sign up for the 15-day thing it's amazing you you have my picture so i'm one of the people that you've helped with this and like i said i felt different really there's a significant change in me thank you so I'm, I'm curious about, I just wanted to point out a couple of your um, programs here. So what about your endorphin and neurotransmitter? What does that involve? Uh, I actually uh, can take a photograph of, say, dopamine, and then place it side by side my photograph and send the energy, the intelligence of dopamine into my quantum field. Everything I do is by way of a photograph because light photographs do not make mistakes. So a photograph of myself and a photograph of dopamine communicate, and then I start to download dopamine. That's awesome. Can you do yes, this with is. like money for a charity? You know, I, I don't have control over the stream of money, but I do have control, if you will, to some extent over the brainwaves. Yeah. Hopefully people can be creative so they can feel the think their way through a problem. 
Yeah, or really, I was curious to see uh, if, if like perhaps um, an organization comes to you and just says, "Look, you know, we've got this um, wonderful program that we do. It saves children, and everything's wonderful about it. But we just need more donations." Is there yeah. something you can run through as far as the program goes to get it in the mind of more people to basically just get everyone's, you know, um, altruism out there and just to donate in that way? To where I would, would say there's nothing specific that I've ever developed that would attract money, but I would say the chakra balancing, and I want to use this for the road, the chakra balancing, the brain balancing should put everybody in the right order. Mm -hmm. You know, those who have money should give some of it away. Let's be frank. You're not going to take it to heaven with you. I guarantee that. And those who are in their 60s and 70s and who have money, they should they should make a contribution to society. You know, not hoard money. There, there's just so many injustices. So to answer your question, I can, I've can i never been able to program money, but I can treat millions of people, billions of people, and correct their conscience through this energy. Yeah. I, you know, and I've heard of money just as another energy, right? So it's just a, a yes, vein of energy that we can tap into. And therefore, you know, it could possibly, you know, idealistically, right, be manipulated in this way. And I was just thinking maybe take some from all the people that don't do good with it and, you know, switch the, and I mean, what an awesome type of wave to kind of impart on everybody as we're moving forward with this to make actual physical changes here with an energy that's very powerful here. I, I just yeah. didn't know if it'd come across uh, your radar if you thought about it yeah you know believe me i i want to do everything possible and yeah. thank you for this platform if the oh, people yeah. realize what this gift from god really entails and how so many of our problems would be solved if we had free energy you know as we record this in 2022 we're in an energy crisis if we would have listened to tesla our our home our cars would be powered by the stars and the stars offer an unlimited source of energy. Let's go back to Tesla and let's power the world with the stars. Yeah. Please, people. Because then you wouldn't let's need money. Not, why make these mistakes for another hundred years? Yeah, I'm so on board with this, dude. I, I love this. Okay, what about uh, the natural foods program? So uh, you, how does that work? I take magnified photographs of food and I download them into my quantum realm. Anything I photograph serves as instruction. So I can take a cucumber or I could take an herb or I can take a magnified photograph of, say, of a plum and download it into my quantum field. And then I enjoy the phytochemicals of the cucumber, of the plum. Is this something separate that needs to be? So basically you receive a, you receive a picture from someone and then you add to it. Or can someone send you a picture basically with a collage of all the foods that they want and the healthy I, benefits? I provide the collage of foods. All I ask is for people to send me their photograph. And, and the reason I want to make sure I have control over what type of food is being sent to me. It, it has natural foods, as the name implies, is natural foods. I don't want processed food. Yeah, yeah. So if someone sends you like a Cheetos bag or something, you're like, no, no, no. Do that. Exactly. There you go. And, Very and good. What I like about this, though, is it's kind of like, you know, if your kid doesn't want to eat its vegetables or something like that, yeah. you could be like, here, just send the picture to Tom. It's fine. You know, yes. and then and then there you go. Yes. You know, I, I've been using natural foods. On, I have trees around my home and I've been treating my trees with natural foods. And that's how my trees get their nutrients. And the trees are vibrant. So that's my fertilizer for my trees. I don't have to buy expensive fertilizer. I simply treat my trees with natural foods 
around the clock and 24 hours a day, my trees are getting nutrients from the natural foods and my trees are, are healthy. It, it, so do you do this with trees? Like, can you do this with anything? People, so- trees, I, I have a St. Bernard. My St. Bernard, I treat him with natural foods. He, my St. Bernard, 24 hours a day, is getting natural foods treatment. He's, he's receiving his phytochemicals from natural foods. Since you've started this with your pet, for instance, what sort of measurable, notable difference have you seen in lifespans, energy, all of yeah. that? I have an eight-year-old uh, St. Bernard, and he's, he's still very healthy. And I look at his gums. If you have a dog that's eight years old, sooner or later, you're going to see um, dental decay or you're going to see some type of uh, dental inflammation, some type of inflammation, bacterial inflammation. My dog has no inflammation because I eradicate the bacteria in his mouth every day. His gums are pink. He's healthy. You know, some dogs show disease. They show years of, of bacterial and fungal and paras- parasitic infection. My dog's gums, his teeth are as pink as could be. Why? It's not because I brush his teeth every day. I give him an, a pathogenic cleanse every day. That's so cool. What about like homes? You know, if someone sends you a picture of their home, can you do this with that? Because technically, I mean, yeah. it's all organic material, right? Yeah, it, it's a blessing, though. It's a chakra. It's a blessing of God. I firmly believe that this energy is from Jesus right behind me. And I believe Jesus is blessing anybody who partakes in this type of energy. It's God's divine energy, whether it's a person, an animal, plant, or a home. It's it's a divine energy. You can't separate that. If this energy is perpetual, well, who's perpetual? God. If this energy is everywhere, isn't God everywhere? It has to be divine energy. Now, do you think that because you're, uh, like Jesus is your homeboy, he was not to Tesla, right? I mean, he was a foreigner. They did not look at things the <laughs> same, but it, it didn't negate. Tesla grew up in a Catholic household. His dad was a priest, and Tesla was very religious. And, and Tesla's father wanted Nikola to be a priest, but Tesla wanted to be an electrical That's engineer. Right. That's right. But nonetheless, Tesla was always a fervent, a good humanitarian. I don't know what if he ever practiced Christianity, but whatever his, his parents instilled in him, he was always a good man. He he never he never sold out, and he never wanted to hurt people. See, this is a very powerful instrument, and it, it you know it could be used as what Tesla considered perhaps as a death ray, but he would never release that information. Because there's there's some crazy people who would use it as a death ray. Yeah, there, that, that's a specific invention that he was like, Mm-mm. <laughs> he made it. It was like, no, thank you. Yeah, uh, he released that. So what about future events? Can you affect future events in people's lives by their picture? I believe I have an influence, yes, because I can change their, their current thinking right now. Some people come to me with addiction alcohol, drug addiction. Some people say that they've been able to give up alcohol, drugs, recreational drugs, and that way we set them straight for the future. Some people say that they've been able to give up an addiction, meaning what? Well, the future is much brighter for them. They're they're no longer going to be drunk or or stoned. That's a great point. What about uh, the use of plant medicines? Um, Just like you do with your natural foods program, you put a picture of ayahuasca or ibogaine in there to use the healing properties of it for people. I, I don't want to use any psychoactive um, substance. I don't want to use marijuana or ayahuasca. I, I don't know what the outcome would be. So I just, it's Russian relay. I don't want to do that. 
Got you. I mean, I was thinking even with the intent of using it for its express purpose, which is medical benefit. I mean, that's what they do. They say, you know, ayahuasca is like five years of psychotherapy within five hours or something like that. And even marijuana with glaucoma and things like that. I mean, there's so many benefits because it's natural. I agree, but I'm I'm going to say no to that because I I don't have a control over it. Right. You know, oh, this, nobody this does. Energy, yeah. It's if you tell it to impart ayahuasca, it will do so. Now, what's the long term effect of of having that psychoactive drug? It's a it's a plant chemical that that is perhaps considered to be psychoactive or or, or uh, having some type of a, a, a influence on the mind on the psyche. I, I don't want to go down that road. That's totally fair. I was just curious yeah. um, because of its no, benefits to some you, other. Folks. You can do that, you know. But I, you know, to be blunt, you, you could treat everybody with ayahuasca, and you could have a, a million people under that influence. You see how powerful these instruments are, and what a great responsibility you have. That is, man. Yeah, you're like the ultimate Spider-Man, right? You've got the great yeah. power, but you've also got the great responsibility to go with yeah. it. Exactly. Uh, so what about locating like lost treasure or Bigfoot or something like that? Can you do that? If you have a photograph, it has to be a photograph. If you have a photograph of anything, the scatter energy will find it instantaneously. Now I have to develop an, a type of interpretation of where that could be located on a map. You would need an aerial map to find anything, whether it's a person or a lost object. Yes. If you have a photograph of a person or an object, you can find it by way of a scatter energy instrument. That's one of my goals. That's so cool. And, and like archeological discoveries and things like yes. that, like El Dorado, you could just run that thing, even the concept of El Dorado and be like, yep, right there, guys, you've been looking, it's yeah. in Chicago, turns out, you know, just under yes. the ground there, yeah. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, well, let me ask you this. Uh, I'll, I'll close on this and I'll, I'll give you the last word on this, but I just wanted to know, so what does this look like for you moving forward? Like what's your big picture goal with this? Next five years, people have to get on board. And if they do that, this will take off. It all comes down to people power. This is a grassroots movement. That's why I give away free sessions. You know, I, I could I could research until the till the day I die, but it's meaningless unless people incorporate this. So I, I need people to get on board. Hundred percent, man. Well, we're on board with you, and thank you for thank what you. you're doing because you have the sweetest heart. You have the purest of intentions with this, and I'm I'm truly grateful for what you're doing for everybody um, and opening people's minds to this idea. And I I think it's beautiful what you've dedicated your life to because it's a very altruistic quest, man. So thank you. So thank um, you. down in the show notes, guys, check for that 15 day free trial. Absolutely, Tom Paladino, dude. You know you're welcome back any damn time that you want. This has just been a delight, and I'm truly grateful that we've connected, brother. Feelings mutual. Thank you, sir. I want to thank Tom Palladino for coming by and hanging out with this scalar light. It's it's amazing. I mean, I I think this whole thing is super cool, and I think it's a re it's it's breathing new life energy into something that Tesla figured out, and probably our ancients knew very very well, as Tom discussed in this in this conversation here. So I agree with him. I think it's awesome, and all the ways to find him are going to be located down in the show notes. Check out his scalar light for sure. There's a 15 day free trial on there. I highly recommend anybody that's even slightly curious to go ahead and take him up on, as well as uh, while you're over there on the website, check out some of the testimonials and stuff like that so it's going to be linked down in the show notes while you guys are down there check out some of our resource links they're incredibly helpful and that's why we put them down there so they're just awesome also while you're down in them show notes take a look at expandingrealitypodcast.com that's going to be where all the lives are replayed where the too hot for youtube stuff is found as well as all the collaborations that we've done all the awesome shows that i've been grateful enough to be asked to come be a part of they're all linked and located there as well also while you're over there 
Go ahead and get signed up to become an Expansive Insider member. That's where all the bonus episodes occur. We have some massive panel stuff going on over there. Uh, some really cool collaborations that I'm doing with Dave Zed and others. So check those things out, guys. We're really ramping it up, and it's an awesome community. I think everyone would love it, and that's why we're doing it. So expandingrealitypodcast.com. Check it out in the show notes. All right, guys, go out into this incredibly beautiful, beautiful, wonderful place, whatever the hell this thing is. Y'all sign up for Tom's 15-day free trial and go check out his website for sure. While you're doing all of that, since you're on the vein and doing something amazing, go ahead and pick up a piece of litter. Uh, Be nice to everybody that you come across and uh, get out of that left-hand lane for sure, as well as above all and anything else, guys. Go out into this incredibly mysterious place, whatever it is, and y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening, watching, and engaging. We'll see you next time.